Chime in, anytime. <laughs> oh no, I'm enjoying this far too much. Haven't you ever seen a rare hairless Wookiee before? Oh. Always remember I am here. Always remember I am not a Wookiee. Hello there, and welcome to episode 38 of Distant Echoes, a Star Wars podcast where we travel through the galaxy watching each episode of every Star Wars TV series in whatever order we please. I'm your host, Cassie. And I'm your other host, a weirdly bearded clone, even though none of the other ones have beards. It's not that weird! <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why it's weird to me. I'm like, why does why do some of them have beards and some of them don't? Because they choose to have beards. Okay, like, I guess all the other clones shave. Exactly. Oh, like, okay. Well, then I guess like that makes men. sense. <laughs> Fine. Then I'm your other host, just a normal clone who decided to grow a beard. Exactly. Also known as Tommy, who and also has a beard. <laughs> exactly. Well, your beard. I haven't seen a clone with a beard as big as yours yet. That's true. Or hair as long as yours. Uh, I don't know the one clone in the. I mean, I feel like their their beards are like they're probably about the same length as mine. No, in uh, Obi Wan, the clone on the street. Oh yeah, uh, it's more Morrison. Clone on the street. Clone on the street. Today we're going to talk about three episodes because yeah. we're behind again. No, we're not behind. Oh, they, oh yeah, that's right. They they released two. Yeah, they did this weird thing where they were like, "Oh, here's an episode. Oh, we are dropping two episodes at the same time." And I remember when they announced that, I was like. What is going on? And um, makes sense now because it's a two-parter. But okay, let me just let me just get this out of the way. But they don't. They can leave cliffhangers. Like yeah. they don't have to have it like be immediately resolved. Like, Maybe they felt bad that they knew that the episodes we'd had so far hadn't had a lot of plot, and so now that they have a really heavy plot, they're like, let's just give them two of them at once. Maybe I have a theory, and part of me wonders if episode orders kind of got shifted around a bit hmm. um and and i i don't know if this is has to do with like the original release date getting shifted or if this is or you know whatever but part of me does wonder if like some of the episodes i don't know i wonder if that hmm. like some of these episodes have gotten moved around although the two episodes we got today really probably couldn't have come at any other time i don't know i maybe maybe it's just this is was their plan all along to do you know, the first half be kind of slow and not really plot centric and have the second half just be like really gearing up. Because the other thing that I think we have to remember is that Mandalorian season two is right around the corner. That mm -hmm. starts in March. That's true. And these are going to be overlapping yeah. at some point. So if there is anything overarching story tie in wise, that's going to happen. It makes sense to have that kind of towards the back half of the series. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, people are going to be pissed off if there's stuff that isn't explained in Mandalorian that is explained in Bad Batch. But sure. <laughs> sorry, there was one other thing I want to say. There was a uh, actually a person that I follow on Twitter who uh, has like a big podcast, um, not a Star Wars podcast, but a different one. Um, was so annoyed by their tweet because he was like, wait a second. You mean to tell me that they explained 
uh, Baby Yoda getting back with uh, Mando in Book of Boba Fett and not in the actual show. Like, what idiots? And it's like, what? Why? Like, they, I don't... It, I don't know. Like that always seemed to me as like a sort of spinoff show of the Mandalorian. If you're watching one, you're probably you're wa- watching the other. That's my question. Is Why like, does you it just matter? decided you didn't want to watch Book of Boba Fett for some reason? <laughs> like it's not the Baby Yoda show. Like it's it, he's it was, he's primarily in one, but like all of the characters turn up in different things, and all the things are explained in different things. Like, I don't that's know. just the way a universe. I works. think this is a good lead in. <laughs> I think this is a good lead into the episodes we're going to talk about later in this in our episode. Oh because my god! The first episode I think is very like. There's not any of the bad batch really show up at all in that that episode. Um, Truth and consequences is what oh I'm episode thinking. seven episode seven. Um, but I thought you meant six. I was like. They're in the entire episode. No, 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 no. I said one of the episodes we're going to talk about later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, anyway, I just, it's just so funny. Like the, the, just the weird opinions people have about Star Wars stuff. Like, I guess I get it. Like if you're not expecting there to be Mandalorian stuff in Book of Boba Fett, but at the same time, it's like, but to it's say a spinoff like, show. Like why wouldn't say, there be? Like, you mean to tell me that not everything was explained in one show. So they wrote another show and then they wrote something about something in that show that explains something like that's just how multi that's just how like universal stories work with shows that have multiple shows like i don't know you have people who are complaining (laughs) the bad batch were explaining the bad batch and not something else well they were explaining clone wars very briefly yeah and then they got their own show but i guess the, the funny thing is then you have people who like the ingrained fans like who watch everything who are complaining about the bad batch not having i shouldn't say complaining about but like have they're uh they they're not appreciative or i keep saying the wrong saying it the wrong way who are have criticisms that's the word i'm looking for about the bad batch for not really having much plot stuff mm-hmm. um so it's like it's like okay you have too much stuff that like ties into the overarching story and then not enough like i guess there is a middle ground and i feel like we're starting to strike it in the bad batch um but anyway none of that <laughs> none of that just opening rant um no that is about some though. random tweet that was just funny yeah um, but i was just thinking about that because of i think how one of the episodes plays out um sure so well yeah we get a lot of we get a lot of plot handed to us in the last two episodes that we're going to talk about this first one we're just going to kind of run through real quick point out some cute things and some great things yeah. that happen in it because we get gungi or gungi i thought it was gungi this whole time i think they say yeah they say gungi right Did they say and, gungi yes yeah. Um, I thought it was Gungi. I don't know why, but maybe it's because we never really heard his name in that one episode. And so I just saw it and was like, but I have no idea. Anyway, so we're starting on episode six, which is called Tribe. And the summary for this one from Disney Plus is the Bad Batch helps bring a new friend home. And it is very homey and sweet and also demented. But there's some dark, there's some dark little moments in these next three episodes that are reminiscent of some dark, twisted stuff I feel like we saw in Clone Wars yep. that we haven't really seen in Bad Batch yet. Yeah, um, it was, it's, a, it's a very fun episode. So it was directed by Stuart Lee, written by Matt McConovitz, who we've all heard of now at this point. Um, the cast, we don't have too many new folks. Some people that are coming back. Uh, Gun- Gunji is actually voiced also by Jonathan Lipow. 
And he's also the Trandoshan tank commander in like a cartel droid in this episode. Nice. Um, Shelby Young is uh, Yana, which is, I think, the Wookiee chieftain. And then the Axis droids. She was, um, we've talked about her before too. She she plays Princess Leia in a lot of the Lego Star Wars games. And then we've seen uh, Nashir Dalal before, and he's the Axis leader in this episode. Nice. And then that's Rampart as well, I believe. Oh, okay. Um, I, I then, thought, yeah, I was like, I was about to ask. Uh, yes. I, I knew one of the people that we mentioned was Rampart too, I feel like. For but. sure, yes. Um, and then J.P. Karliak is Venomore, who has a cool name, who's <laughs> like a Trandoshan we get to see for a second. And he's actually Green Goblin. He play, So he plays a lot of voices in kid shows. But one that I wanted to point out, because we've actually watched a few episodes because we have friends who have kids. Uh, he's like the Green Goblin in Spidey and his amazing friends which is kind of fun. Oh, nice. So, That's awesome. Um, so in this episode, we start off um, not on the planet we end up staying on for the rest of the episode, but we go to um, this Vanguard Axis like hideout, right? Mm-hmm. And the Vanguard Axis is a... Cri- this is actually really cool. Um, and I noted this. Yeah, you were... They're an entirely droid operated and owned smuggling chain. Like they don't have any humans. And the leader is a droid. So like these droids are they have their own free will obviously and what they've decided to do is smuggle like dark goods um like forgery and stuff and slaves which is wild and weird to me do we see them in other properties or is this the first time we're seeing this is the first appearance um it sounds very similar to some other things we've heard of but it's just interesting that there's no human at the epicenter of all this. There's right. an actual droid that's at the epicenter of all of this, which is crazy Which to me. seems kind of, I mean, helpful, right? Because, like, if you have just droids, like, droids don't have, like, you know... I don't know, like, that seems like if you're gonna, if you're gonna use, like, a smuggling outfit, it's like, oh, yeah, let's use the one that, like, doesn't, you know, isn't gonna have loose ends kind of to that's tie true, up That's true, because they're much more, like, okay, logical. Like, mm-hmm. they're still evil, obviously. Like, they know what they're doing, but, like, they... Are choosing to have this business where they're not going to be like, I don't know. It's just not going to get as entangled or messy as yeah. if you're working with humans. I actually had a question about their, whether they're evil or not. I still wonder why they were. So obviously like we can, we can dive into this, but so we, I'll just explain. Yeah. I'll get there. So basically um, the bad batch are there because they are, they have these chain codes that they're supposed to be giving to someone probably chain codes to like help the resistance i would think because they're forged chain codes and people are supposed to have chain codes and of course they're hard to come by for some people so i'm assuming that they're like trying to get them delivered somewhere to assist with the resistance right so it was a job for sid i think right so yeah, we, don't, yeah. we don't even know we don't know for sure but all we know is that they're dealing in you know uh tech has created these chain codes obviously he knows how to create anything and he you know, they're sending them over to these, these guys. And while they're there, Omega and Echo are just kind of like on the sidelines hanging out. And then Omega hears a Wookiee scream. And if we come to find out that Gun- Gunji is actually being smuggled. The droids are like poking at him with like these electro staves. And he he's is like um, chained of, up. Yeah, he's like essentially like in the process of escaping. They're trying to get him back. Echo steps in and is like... No, like leave him be. But like, well, my- Omega is the one that really, or sorry, Omega spearheads it. That. She goes in and she's like, "I'm going to help you." And first, Gungi's a little reluctant, but um, he starts searching for his lightsaber, of course, because 
he's a fucking Jedi and he's dope. And he gets his he gets his lightsaber and it's just flailing it around. And they're like, you need to <laughs> you need to calm down. Like obviously they droids probably know he's a Jedi because they've they've confiscated his lightsaber. Um, and all we know about you know where he's being transported to is that the buyer wants him alive. So, so I think that's what you were trying to get at. Is yeah. you weren't sure whether he was being like smuggled to protect him or smuggled to the bad guys. We don't know. That's my question. And my theory, I think there's one of two things kind of going on here. One, because like, it's not the Empire. I think it's safe to say that there's no way it's the Empire because why would the Empire do that? If they were going to, like, they're just hunting Jedi at this point. Like, so if they found a Jedi, they're not going to smuggle it somewhere. They're just going to kill him. So like... Well, unless the person that is buying them knows that the Empire will pay them for Gungji. And Maybe. so it's that's... another person that's like, if I hand over this Jedi, I can make a shit ton of money. That's an option. Um, I think I think that's that makes sense as well. Um, my thought was, one, either it's someone who's just buying like to put them in slavery, mm-hmm. um, which we know that the Wookiees are. That happens a lot. Mm-hmm. And that's how Chewbacca started. Yeah. And then uh, <laughs> that's how Chewbacca started. Well, no, he was a person. He was a, he lived first. <laughs> that was but... part of his life. Um, yeah. My other theory is if it's uh, either Senator Organa or it, well, it wouldn't be Ahsoka at this point, because I don't think Ahsoka's really stepped into that role. But Senator Organa, like trying to bail, trying to basically get younglings to safety. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And that's my big theory. And if not bail, someone working to get Jedi youngling to safety at this time. The only thing I don't like about that theory is that bail should have told the droids not to fucking torture him but i guess he's very uh reluctant to obviously be smuggled yeah um or had at least sent word to gungi that that was going to happen so he wasn't trying to escape the only reason i i thought that is because um there is kind of the the moment when the droids say something like we're not like going to like like kill him or hurt him or something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. They do say something to that effect. Um, obviously, they're still poking at him with like the the shock prods and stuff yeah. like that. But and, and like that's not cool. But at the same time, I think if you're if you're using like a shady underground like smuggling pl- outfit, they're gonna for yeah. good. Like you, know, I don't think you have any say to be like don't hurt him. Like they're just gonna be like we're just gonna do what we have to do, kind of thing. I don't know. But for anyway, sure. those are my two theories. Yeah. So. Regardless of whoever the destination is, he's not going to get there because the Bad Batch decide to take him to uh, Kashyyyk, mm-hmm. which is the central um, planet of the Wookiees, as we know. And I I just wanted to point out the nostalgia for me in this episode was like landing on Kashyyyk, landing on the ground, and then seeing all the really tall trees reminded me when you first go to Kashyyyk in KOTOR, which is like so amazing mm-hmm. and like monumental and then moments later you see the netcasters which are also in kotor the it, ironically they're not on kashik i don't think in this game but they're on dantooine you're like you're on a farm and then these like big spider things come out and they like live in a cave but basically what we find out about the netcasters ends up becoming something very important at the very end of the episode that ties it into it is that they do not fight unless provoked and so Gungi, uh, or I think Tech, explains that. And eventually what they end up finding out in this entire episode are the Trando- some Trandoshan gang is working in tandem at the moment with the Empire to... Um, they're just like raising 
villages in Kashyyyk, mm-hmm. probably looking for Jedi, looking for, um, I think it sounds like the Empire knows that there is a Wookiee Jedi that is somewhere. And so they're going to Kashyyyk to start looking. Um, they've actually captured another Wookiee uh, and the Bad Batch help rescue him. That Wookiee takes them to a village where there's a female elder and the Bad Batch have a good time uh, with the villagers, specifically Wrecker, who like totally fits in as a Wookiee. Like, he there's just needs great, hair. There's a great moment where he's just like drinking. They're drinking like wine or something out something. of like these. And he's uh, just like, fuck yeah. And he's out of like, these troughs. Yeah. One thing I did want to say about the netcasters, um, you probably saw this when you were doing your research. They were going to appear in the Clone Wars originally prior to the like cancellation. Oh, okay. Um, and they, uh, they were specifically based on the. Uh, Kinraths. Like, that's what they... The Kinraths. That's yeah. what they're called in KOTOR, I yeah, think. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. So that, They that... said the word Kinrath in the show, though. So that's what was interesting, was that... Oh, I didn't in that. Wiki- They definitely did, because I was like, yeah, that's the word. I'm pretty sure. Because in the Wikipedia article, it said netcasters, but I swear to God they said Kinrath in the show. I'll have I to think go we, back. You said Kinraths when we were watching it. You're like, oh my God, those are Kinraths. <laughs> Oh, maybe I did. I don't know. I for some reason I thought they. I said remember it. you being like so excited. About I was because I just I just very visceral viscerally remember fighting them yeah. and I think destroying their eggs, which seems really sad now that I know that they don't fight. According to provoked. Wikipedia, they are in uh, they are on Kashyyyk as well in uh, Kotor. Oh, okay. Yeah. I remember them on Dantooine too. Yeah, they're they're um, in. Yeah, they. It says that they're in their habitat. Uh, the Kinrath's habitat is Dantooine and um, cool Kashyyyk. Well, while they're there, Gungi kind of Gungi kind of forms a relationship with Omega, a friendship, and she really kind of latches on to the fact that I guess this is her first time really getting to commune with a Jedi, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And he teaches her how to meditate, which is really adorable. And they actually get to. This was kind of interesting to me because the Bad Batch are so, especially Hunter, he's just so skeptical of everyone and everything. They are trying to formulate a plan on how to um, fight these Trandoshans and the Empire on Kashyyyk. And the villagers start to pray to the trees. And obviously, like, the trees are very spiritually important to the Wookiees. They believe that they are, like, the reason, the washier trees are what they're called. And they're, like... I mean, they live in them. They take care of them. Um, They're kind of like gods, like deities in some way. And the Wookiees say that the trees have a plan. And instead of Hunter being like, the fuck are you talking about? Or Tech being like, that doesn't make sense. That's not logical. They're like, okay. And they just go along with it, which I think is kind of cool. What ends up happening, of course, is they're fighting them. There's like, they've, the Trandoshans have like rigged these Imperial like weapons to be like, flamethrowers and they're like burning down the trees Mm -hmm. and the ground and everything and it's awful and essentially what does end up happening is Gungji gets in a fight with like Venomore the main guy and he sees more of these Kinrath and this is the part that I was talking about that was kind of dark is like the Kinrath like you know Gungji and Omega step back so that the Kinrath don't fight them and obviously the Venomore stupid and just still like yeah. setting everything on fire well, he like makes like a circle of fire like in yeah. the woods like trying to like basically like entrap gunji yeah um and but the the, the kinrath 
take him up and wind him in spider silk and you just hear him screaming yeah and then you f- see him being raised up and then obviously they're like eating him like it was really fucking scary i don't know why but anything that's spider related in star wars like darth maul yeah <laughs> and all those other spider creatures that we've seen like they're top-notch scary for some reason they like doing spiders in Star Wars. Yes, they do. We've talked about them before. I think there was... Alien spiders are the worst. There was another Bad Batch episode, I think, with spiders mm-hmm. that were based on... Like, like the cave spiders. Mm-hmm, like, And they they all, like, kind of stem from that that Ralph McQuarrie, like, concept art... Yes. ...of, um, of like, various different spiders. But um, it is cool. I like when they I like when they do them. Oh, speaking of concept art, there was one other thing I wanted to note. Um, I also really loved the... I think they're called the... Malala steeds of the Malaya steeds, which are like these giant cat monkey dinosaur things that the Wookiee um, ride oh, on. Yeah. They're so cool. And they have like sonar. Like they obviously have these giant ears and they can like make these giant cool like siren noises, which are crazy. Um, they actually were originally going to be in Clone Wars and Dave Filoni drew pictures of them. And George Lucas didn't like the way they looked, so he put a sticky note over their face and drew a new face on the concept <laughs> art, and there's a picture of it in Wikipedia. Oh, that's so What's fun. interesting is the picture still doesn't look like the final thing that we get in the show, which I'm proud of, because, or I'm glad for, because in the concept, the final concept art, they kind of look like an orangutan, which feels really weird to me, because Wookiees are kind of like ape-esque and it'd be weird if they were riding something that looked like themselves. Yeah. Not everything has to look the same, George. Yeah, like you don't need a Wookiee riding a bigger Wookiee monster. Like, that's weird. That's weird. Don't do that. What if horses look like humans? That'd be fucking creepy. Ugh, there's like, like, you remember that picture, that weird meme picture of like the face and the long-legged human yeah. thing and someone's trying to feed it? Yeah. What if that's what horses look like? <laughs> Sorry. Just imagine that. It's fucking terrifying. I, Don't do that. I really want you to Photoshop Wookiee faces on those now. I'm going to do that. That That's my new thing now is the, the pictures are going to just be dumb Photoshops that, that I'm doing. But anyway, yeah. I just wanted to bring that up because I thought those are really cool. Overall, a yeah, great the- episode. Nothing special in terms of plot, which is mm-hmm. fine. I will say. So- I was excited to see Gunji because I thought he was great. I love his lightsaber we talked about this when we watched the clone wars episode or was it a rebels episode uh clone wars it's been so long we need we need to rewatch rebels but the episode where ahsoka is helping with the padawans like and he has that wood hewn lightsaber Mm -hmm. which is just so i just got goosebumps like i I just think it's so cool we should mention because i don't i don't think we said this at the top but gunji is a character taken from the clone wars mm-hmm. right so there's an episode that's that you were just talking about that focuses all around ahsoka leading these um younglings to get their kyber crystals and it's a really <sighs> it's a really fascinating episode um because it's there's there's a lot that really happens in that episode with like some of the characters who we then never see again yes um, which and again it- a great kotor um like recollection too of the kyber crystal and how important it is for a padawan or a youngling to forge their own uh lightsaber Mm -hmm. you know and have a lightsaber that means something to them we've talked about like how you know how a sith's lightsaber changes and like how you know all this strange stuff that happens with that it's a really good episode yeah so Uh, is is that episode of our podcast so you should go back and listen to it i don't think we talked about that one (laughs) yeah we did i'm pretty sure we didn't (laughs) 
because I remember going on a whole tangent about blood in the crystals. That was like, a different. That we did talk about Kyber crystals, but oh, that was a different episode. That was visions. Never mind. Don't listen to me. Whatever. <laughs> I don't even know um, what we talk about anymore. So yeah, so this one just kind of calls back to that Clone Wars episode and. Uh, this is the first like youngling that we see from that. And it's probably going to be the only one we see, honestly, like being honest. Uh, there were some other cool ones, but I think Gunji was kind of like a fan favorite. And it's cool that they, they did bring him. I want to see a live action Gunji so bad with Grogu. <laughs> oh, that would be cool. I don't know. So the other thing I was going to say, so this episode just kind of ends. They leave Gunji with the rest of, with with the tribe. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say this one felt a little, like it was a, it was a fun episode to watch, but it did feel a little unsatisfying towards the end because it was just like bam 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 like everything just kind of like played out really quickly Mm -hmm. um and it felt almost like this one should have been split like it should have been two episodes the first episode ends when we find out that it's gunji that like those droids are smuggling and then this the second episode is all just going to kashik yeah Um, this one i think felt a little more rushed Mm-hmm. than I would have liked, especially with a character that, like... I mean, Gunji was, like, in the trailer, and it was, like, everybody I, was excited We thought he was going to kind of be part of the group for a while. I was kind of yeah. hoping that he would actually end up going with Rex, which maybe he still does, you know? Um, but I also think it's kind of nice that he's, like, you know, I was taken from Kashyyyk. Honestly, like, he was taken <laughs> by the Jedi, <laughs> At a young age from Kashyyyk. And so it's it's kind of nice that he gets to go back and like reunite with his people and his culture. Mm-hmm. Kind of the same way that happened with Ahsoka, right? Like when, as soon as they found out she was a Jedi, they were like, okay, bye. Like kind of sad in a way that they are the they're taken away from their like rich their own culture to like be kind of indoctrinated into a new one, you know, and they don't really get a say in the matter to be honest. And yeah. it seems like a big pockmark if you decide to leave the order, you know, after you're there, which is what Ahsoka did because she's like, you know, fucked up as we've talked about. It is really funny. I was just looking real quick because I wasn't sure if like, because again, I haven't finished Jedi Fallen Order, so I don't know like who shows up and who doesn't. I was just making sure he doesn't show up in that or something because um, Kashyyyk is a central location in that game. Um, but I, I did just want to call out uh, that I thought it was very funny. Some of the affiliations that are listed for him, one of them is the... Um, for Gunji? Yeah, uh, Prego... Uh, Prego's. Prego. Prego's? How do you pronounce it? P-R-E-I-G-O. It sounds like Prego. Pr- Prego's uh, Traveling World of Wonder. Which is the, which is the uh, the pirate group that um, that captures it's it's Hondo Naka's like pirate group oh. that captures them and I'm like I don't think that like that's <laughs> he's affiliated with them by being captured by them yeah like, he's not the part clone- of their posse yeah that's in the Clone Wars um, episodes where he's featured but um, wow yeah cool character wish we had more um, that was a very I think like, we'll see him again hopefully yeah hopefully we do see him somewhere else because I think again like fans. Fans He's really great. like him. Gunty's great. Um, but yeah, that was that was it for that episode. And now we're going to move into seven and eight. And these are probably going to meld together. So I'm just going to go over the cast list and the summary at the same time. Because they actually flow really well. 
Um, so the seven episode seven is the clone conspiracy. The summary is a conspiracy begins to unravel, and this is Stuart Lee and uh, written primarily by Dave Filoni and Jennifer Corbett. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same thing with the next episode, which makes sense, which is Truth and Consequences. And, and the summary for that one is brought into a risky mission. The Bad Batch must use stealth to survive. And Jennifer Corbett and Dave Filoni are obviously like the story like supervisors and things yes. like that. So whenever we see them, we can kind of know that something big's going to happen. Yeah. Um, cast wise, we have a lot of the same folks that we've seen before. Just a note, we get Bale again, Phil Lamar. Um, we get Jennifer Hale, who I know probably everyone knows most prominently as Commander Shepard in Mass Effect, um, Rose and Bayonetta and Ash and Overwatch. She's just a fucking amazing. She has such a wonderful voice. And she plays the Commerce Guild Senator and Senator Chuchi. Nice. Which is great. I did I did not recognize her as Senator Chuchi at first. Um, we also have Sharon Duncan Brewster as Senator Pamlo, our Pomlo, and she actually plays the live action Pomlo in the Rogue One movie. Nice. So that's great. I love when that happens. The other cast that we end up seeing later on, I cannot remember how this character's name was pronounced, um, but Jamila McMillan plays Hal Bertoni. Is it Hal or, ha- or Haley? I uh, feel like a Kaminoan wouldn't be named Haley. But... I think it was Haley. Oh, okay. Or, wait, no. Hallie. I think it was Hallie. It was Hallie Bertoni. Because I kept thinking they would say like Hallie, but, and I was like, Hallie Berry. (laughs) She looks just like Hallie Hallie Bertoni. Actually, she looks like Yzma from uh, Emperor's New Groove and a little bit like the old lady in the chocolate episode of SpongeBob. Actually, all Kaminoans kind of look like that lady. Uh, Anyway, which is what's really funny is Lauren Lapkus and... um, Nicole Byer, they have an amazing podcast called Newcomers, and this is an older episode, but they obviously watch Star Wars for the first time, Mm -hmm. and for some reason, Nicole Byer is obsessed with uh, Jar Jar Binks, and she thinks the Kaminoans are sexy, which is so weird to me. I mean... (laughs) You, you know, like whatever you like, but when I see them, I think of the old lady in the wheelchair that's all shriveled up from, from SpongeBob. SpongeBob. the chocolate lady. Yeah, I remember when they first invented chocolate. I always hated it. Uh, anyway, especially um, Haley, uh, or Hallie. Is it, what did we say it was? Hallie. Hallie, sorry. And she also plays Queen, uh, I think it's Nietzsche, uh, who was the queen of Naboo during much of the Clone Wars. We see her in a lot of the Clone Wars, like, first episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, this one we actually Wait, don't... you left off a cast. No, I did both of them. You, you left someone off, though. Who did I leave off? A pretty big person shows up at the end of episode two. Palpatine. Oh, yeah. Oh, Ian sorry. McDermid. We've we've heard him before. Yeah. We know who he is. Sorry. I wasn't... I should. I didn't know if you were doing that as like a... Nope. Don't say. Nope. I was just like, oh, we know that. Because I will say, we'll talk about it when we get to it. Holy shit. Like, yeah, no, we're going to get to that. Yeah. Holy fuck. So this first episode, we don't have the Bad Batch at all, and actually. I was just going to say, too, real quick. Th- this episode, these episodes are very, like, <sighs> politic-centric. But they're interesting. They're very interesting. Like, Again, it's a lot of political intrigue, and it's almost kind of like a... The first episode really f- plays out like a spy thriller, yes. kind of. And the animated series, once again, does a better job at making politics interesting than real life. Than the trilogy. Oh, I'm I just you, like I thought you meant in real life, like well, that too. But I, <laughs> but I, well, space politics will forever be way cooler than American politics. But anyway, no, I've always said that, right? I've mm-hmm. always said that the Clone Wars made me more appreciative of the the prequels and. 
Uh, one thing that everyone always has a gripe about with the prequels is just that some of the political stuff is boring and confusing. And, you know, when you're, it's very, very complicated to do that. Again, space politics, they don't exist in real life. They're, the logic does not make sense. You have to really stretch to make sure you can grasp concepts of like the trade bargains and the the installed military. And while obviously we have a resonance with this at, in symbolism of things that are happening in our reality. Sometimes it's hard when they just throw out a random word or a random alien race and you're like, I don't know what the fuck that is or what that has to do with anything. So all that's to say, I feel like this is very digestible. I feel like I'm, I really, I don't know if it's just because I'm older now and I have more of a concept of how politics work, but I felt like actually invested in what was happening and what was happening with the um, senators in this yeah. episode. So first, though, we begin on a cantina in Coruscant, which I just kind of love this moment. There's just a whole bunch of clones just like off duty chilling and probably not just off duty. I think just not having work anymore. Yeah, some of them um, I think are like decommissioned. They're like chilling are... with some girls. They're like drinking at the they bar. Were? Yeah, some of them oh. were like checking out some Twi'leks and like holding them and hugging them and stuff. Oh, nice. Yeah, they're like getting some Putin-anny. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> so I'm good for them, you know? Um, anyway, some of them are sitting at the bar and this is when we see this one guy, Cade, talking to his friend Slip, who is the hot clone with the beard. The beard just makes him like 10 times hotter. I was like really into Slip. Um, anyway, that apparently Cade imparts to Slip that he tried to give Rampart an ultimatum and was like, look, like we know what happened on Camino, and obviously you covered it up. And if you don't tell them, I'm going to tell them. And Slip is like, dude, you're going to die. And guess what? One minute later, he walks out the cantina and he gets shot by yep. a sniper. This is not crosshair. I actually told you like, I thought it was pretty obvious from the start it wasn't Crosshair, not just because of the uniform, but something about Crosshair's sight, like his sniper sight is different than the one we see here. Well, and also, um, too, he just, like, misses a ton of shots. Oh, yeah, you're like, that's not Crosshair. Like, he would literally no be shooting them all in the head. Yes, very easily. We actually don't see Crosshair at all in these next two episodes. Anyway, Slip is freaked out. He just saw his best friend die. Um, he goes like ducking around trying to like make sure he doesn't get assassinated, of course. Meanwhile, we have this scene in the Senate where um, the Senate, all the different Senate, um, all the different senators, all the different Senate people, Senate people are talking about the Camino storm, which is what Rampart and his and the uh, Empire have decided to mass this entire deception of the the Kaminoan genocide basically as yeah right which is really funny because camino's always storming they talk about this yeah i was gonna say they talk about this later on where like um i can't remember who i think it's chuchi who like talks about how like camino was designed to like and it's weathered storms for hundreds of thousands of years so it's just surprising that this yeah that this one Mm -hmm. or thousands of years not hundreds of thousands but it this one storm like suddenly like took it out exactly no one seems to believe that it's not that's not what happened they just completely believe it and obviously this whole thing um for the empire is a push to they're trying to push this imperial defense recruitment bill it's actually been tabled multiple times Mm -hmm. clearly like the resistance centric senators organa chuchi other people are like no we don't need a military right now the war is over why do we want it why do we need this we don't need soldiers everywhere and the other obviously the empire through their senators are pushing via rampart mostly are pushing that they need that 
Bail re- reminds us in this moment, too, that the army was a result of the Emergency Powers Act during that's something that they kind of talk about during the Clone Wars and the prequel trilogy and that they don't need a military installment again. Um, one thing to note during the proceedings that will come very important later is that the emperor is not present. He's not. We don't know where he is. They mm-hmm. do notice it. And the senators say, are like, are like, what the fuck's going on with him? But I did want to call out though. So Masameda, is it a Meta or a Mita? It's a Meta. Masameda. Uh, yeah. Um, the blue guy. Yeah. He is there. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's conversations between Masameda and Rampart mm-hmm. that indicate that the the entire web of things that have happened, even going back to Kamino being destroyed, are all tied back to the Emperor, right? Mm-hmm. Like the Emperor wanted Kamino destroyed so mm-hmm. that they could get this defense bill put into place. And like mm-hmm. I think we as an audience, like where we come from knowing everything that happens in Star Wars, like obviously we know that the emperor is behind all of this and yes. like where it's lead like it what it's will leading never to. not boggle my mind when they see him and they're like man he looks evil as fuck look how crusty and evil he looks like like i would go up to him and like take his like i don't know get like a power turbine and blow his hood off and be like look at that fucker what that's a sith right there but i think it's probably some of the allure of like what his sith abilities are of like the, the charisma and well, stuff i remember too in the movie especially i think it was revenge of the sith when he finally like was coming out and talking and he looked all horrific, he blamed it on the Jedi hurting him. And that's yeah. why he was all nasty. Looking. He said that he was left uh, uh, by disfigured. He just fucking killed Mace Windu, you piece of shit. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah, I did just want to, I do think it is important to note that, right? Because we, yes. we can't like, a, a lot of what's made out is like, oh, this is kind of Rampart doing his own thing, but it's truly him doing what, he's been asked to do. And Masameda reminds him, or Mazameda, I think it's Mazameda. Mazameda reminds him, like, if you don't do this, you're the one that's going to get fucked up. Yeah. Like, you are going to be the one responsible for it. And the Emperor will always find a way to blame other people, and he will always find a way to manipulate what he is doing to his advantage because he is always five steps ahead, which mm-hmm. we find out later on. Um, we are introduced to Chuchi, who we've actually seen in multiple episodes in the Clone Wars usually just through, like, Senate proceedings and stuff. Uh, side note, she's a Pantoran uh, from a moon called uh, Pantora. Um, and she's so cool looking. She's got, like, the blue skin and the white hair. Uh, she kind of looks like a fairy. I don't know. I think she's really cute. Anyway, yeah. I really like her. Very interesting. She kind of has, like, that um, the same accent as all the clones. Um, and she is very much interested in getting a pension for the clones and getting some type of... Uh, like reimbursement for the fact that they have literally existed only to be military people. And now they are being decommissioned and need to live their lives. And so she puts this forward and Rampart probably for his best interest says that he is going to entertain her. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of where we end up having them later on. They're going to have a conversation about that before that happens. Of course, Chuchi actually goes to the cantina and the, the, clones are very aggressive towards her at first especially slip he's just like he's been drinking and he's just saw no, his slip friend doesn't die say anything to her it's a different it's a different clone oh it's another hot clone with a beard though it's a <laughs> yeah bearded it's clone. like it's just a random random hot clone yeah who was like who's like basically her whole thing is like i want to get you all like retirement and stuff like that and he's like i want to be like out fighting like yeah. I, that's she's what she's like I want. you're gonna be old and not be able to do that and yeah. they, they suddenly realize their own mortality in a way they're like Oh my God, we do have a life and we're not mm-hmm. living it. 
And she's like, I want to help you. Let me help you. You've, she says something really poignant that I think was very sweet and uplifting. You know, she says like, you've been fighting for me. Like, let me fight for you. Yeah. And that's when they kind of come around to her. There's some really interesting, I know we talked about like the political aspects of the, this, this episode, especially I think more than the next one. Uh, There, there's some really interesting, like real life political corollaries i think that happen in this episode um and something that i really like is like the trope of like the senator who like doesn't like she seems like she's like she really is like trying her best but she's also like operating like it's very (laughs) it's very clear she's operating in a corrupt system and nothing is gonna go her way like we know that Mm -hmm. like we as outsiders know that um but i also think that that's like a very (laughs) that's a very good corollary to real life where it's like you have like representatives and things like that, that think they can operate within the confines of like a system that is set up broken to basically not allow them to do the most good. Right. Mm -hmm. Like it's like, and and even in, even in her kind of like, I don't think like getting pensions for the clones. Like she, she was talking about, I think when she talks to Rampart, she talks about like the amount of money that it's going to require. And he's like, that's going to be like, hundreds of billions of credits or whatever it is. And it's like, there's no way like the empire is going to like, let go of that amount of funds for Mm -hmm. one. And like, even then it's like, there has to be like, it's like concessions that are being set up all the while. Like we know for a fact that like nothing is going to go their way. Um, So I just thought it was really interesting, but I do think like the scene in the bar, like of her, like there is this kind of like almost like, you know, it's almost like appealing to the working class, right? Like the, yeah. the clones are kind of like the working class mm-hmm. individuals and trying to like get them collectively. They absolutely are. To move to What's like, ironic is that like real humans are being conscripted into this military. Yeah. You know? It's it's just it's just fascinating. I think like there there are I mean, there's a lot of talk about how like the original Star Wars movies are, you know, there's a lot of um uh American like imperialism is kind of on yeah not on trial but like that's like where George Lucas drew inspiration from mm-hmm. and like the Vietnam War and stuff like that mm-hmm. and I think there's also in again we haven't watched it yet we're going to in Andor there's a lot of like real life mm-hmm. like ways like I've heard a lot of people talk about like how like it, there's a very leftist message in Andor and stuff like that and I think the same th- same thing here yeah with um with the Bad Batch of like you know just kind of like w- this rigid system that it's like designed to be oppressive and trying to like function within that system like there's just something very telling about like the stories that we're getting from Star Wars today yes. that I think is is just really interesting um Absolutely. that's kind of detracting from like the overall plot and stuff like that that we're talking about but But that's why i love star wars and that's why i love star trek yeah like that's the allegory is just phenomenal it's Mm -hmm. just always well done yeah i just think they did a really good job of like having that on full display in these episodes and again like it's helpful that we sometimes it's a crux it's it's a not a crux it's a um it's a barrier that we know what's going to happen um because it's like well obviously we know like most of these characters are going to die because we don't see them again and the empire becomes even more like oppressive um but sometimes it's helpful to know because it, it it really makes the stuff that's happening like all of this stuff is is ultimately going to be futile you know what i mean and it like it makes we've seen the we've seen the uh the broken pieces already we've mm-hmm. seen the fallout we've seen the clones on the street begging for money we've seen you know the fall of the resistance 
and the pieces that it becomes scattered in. Yep. You know, we've seen all of that. So it is but really... it's not uninteresting to see. No, but I think it, it amplifies up. it amplifies like what Senator Chuchi is doing yes. in this moment because again, it's there is a futility in what she's doing within the episode, but also in the greater context, there's a futility as well. Absolutely, because like we know that like it's not gonna end up fucking mattering in the fr- mm-hmm. anyway because you're working in a system that is designed to be oppressive. Mm-hmm. And uh, so once she leaves the cantina, Slip grabs her before she goes and basically tells her like, "Hey, you need to watch out. I really appreciate what you're doing, but I have word that what happened at Camino was not." A storm. It was all staged. And my friend Cade died because he was going to speak out. And first she's like skeptical. She's like, these are really heavy accusations. Like, do you have any proof? Um, We find out that Cade's file has been erased. So clearly the Empire, like Slip says, like, you know, anybody that refutes the Empire at this point, like any of the clones, they're either relocated, they're killed. They're all killed mostly, right? But it's all covered up. Yeah, she's basically Um, like, wouldn't, she's like, wouldn't there be information about this? And he's like, everyone who was like on on that mission has either been They know what they're doing. Like they control everything. And so... That night, um, Slip contacts someone on Comlink, who we later find out is Rex, who's obviously been helping get these clones off-world to an actual safe place. Um, and Chuchi meets with Rampart to discuss the pension idea. And it goes... I mean, he obviously seems to agree with it at first, but she is clearly, like, rattled because she just got this information from Slip, and Rampart is paranoid and notices that. And she brings up this whole thing that you said, like, you know, Kaminoans, like, they, they've lived in storms their whole life. It's just so crazy that this one just ended everything. And he's like, yeah, it was a tragedy. And Chuchi says something really, impo- like, poignant to the point of, like, it was more than a tragedy. Like, yeah. that you don't understand. Like, it, an entire race was destroyed. An entire people, you know, there are Kaminoans left, but, like, that entire planet is gone. And he doesn't really have a great response to that and you can see he's starting to realize that she's like putting the pieces together yes so she cuts the meeting short and is like bye and leaves um and we we kind of see rampart realizing like he's got to get his shit together because something's going down um later that night chuchi receives a communication from um c4 which is oregana's cute little blue uh astromech i love him and he they kind of meet in this alleyway and i was yelling at the screen the whole time because i was like dude you just got told there were snipers like shooting people out in the open and you're just like talking about this. They're like, oh, come here in this dark corner. Like go into a room, go somewhere. Yeah. Just driving nuts. Anyway, she tells Bale what she's learned about this Kaminoan conspiracy. And uh, he's like, well, we're going to have to have concrete evidence if we're going to ha- do anything about this. And so that is where eventually in the next episode, the Bad Batch will come in because what they're going to be tasked to do is find the data from the Venator class starship that um, Rampart um, was on that yeah. destroyed everything. So if they have that, uh, which Cade Slip's friend like actually saved it and stored it, um, like made sure it was still there or whatever in the cloud or whatever the fuck. He said that he backed it up. Or yeah, 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 yeah. Which was very brilliant. Um, they're going to go find that. And so that's how the next episode begins. However, before that happens... Chuchi is targeted. She finds Slip and she tells him 
this night just keeps going on and on, by the way. There's just a whole bunch of clandestine meetings yeah. in the dark. And the last one we see is her finding Slip and saying, hey, I need you to, ta- I need you to like be my voice. And he's like, there's no way I'm ever going to do that. I'm going to fucking die. And then literally two seconds later, the sniper shoots him. And um, Chuchi is on like a run with her guards who end up getting yeah. her into this like, <laughs> I was joking with you, the factory is just like steam, steam factory. Steam factory. Because obviously it's like some vague, you know, steamy steam thing and they're shooting all the steam and whatever and but they do <laughs> more steam comes out you know just the basic steam factory and both the guards die and of course the assassin is killed by rex no he's not killed he's incapacitated oh that's right yeah, he's, he stuns he's stunned him. by rex who i Which, first thought was ahsoka because i saw a cloak we knew so we so we when Chuchi is meeting with Cade. Cade is basically like, and we see some scenes of Cade like talking to someone, and I, and we find out it's a clone, but we don't know who it is. And like immediately, it's like, okay, it's definitely it's got to be Rex. Um, yeah. And well, I think you had the 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 idea that maybe it was Cody. I figured it was Rex. I thought maybe it was Cody, or maybe it was just. I, I mean, Rex is great. I mean, I'm never gonna like denounce yeah. Rex because he's number one sexy man. Like that's fine. But there are a whole bunch of new clones that we found that have started to become part of it. So I thought maybe you know it yeah. might just be one of them as like an intermediary or something. Um, but so then, yeah, once they're kind of in the the factory, it is kind of funny because there's this assassin, you know, and basically Chuchi's cornered, and then all of a sudden we see the stun thing, the stun you blaster know it's go a off, clone. and we were like. Like Rex kind of decloaks, and <laughs> I thought his response was funny. And she was like, "She was like, oh my gosh, like what are you do like doing here or something?" And he was like, "I don't, I didn't really know what was going on. <laughs> I just saw you were in trouble." I like, fucking love Rex. He was like, "I was supposed to meet someone here, and I didn't even know what was happening." He was like, this should look bad. So I was <laughs> yeah. like, "Let me go into that steam factory." It's just, it's going. just funny that he's just like, "I don't fucking know." Yeah. Um, but but yeah. holy shit! Okay, this moment. This is the moment that was like. Tommy and I just, this is one of those parts where we like look at each other and we're like, holy damn, this was crazy. So they pull this unconscious clone into this other factory. Actually, no, 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 I lied. Sorry. They pull the unconscious clone into the um, garage of um, it was Rafa and Trace. Trace Martez's garage. Yeah. And he makes an offhand remark. They're not here right now, which is why we don't see them. <laughs> but they're in her garage. They're obviously part of Rex's group now. And they go to interrogate this guy and it is the weirdest vaguest creepiest conversation ever he obviously has like a darker like more gravelly voice um and rex first notices that he has no identification and i thought like no identifying marks and i think what he means by that is like personality marks like most of the at least that's what i took it to mean like i think it was like his clone number too though i think like yeah. he doesn't have any kind of i think marking the, yeah the clones all have like a that probably makes more sense which thing. is what's very weird about this mm-hmm. and this is where we were like oh shit what does this mean and he says that he doesn't need one and rex is like what are you doing like what's going on and then the guy says that he's a believer he's like you're wrong and i'm a believer and he bites down on this, what's called a suicide shocker, and literally electrocutes himself yeah. and kills himself. So I think this is where we're going to start getting more, de- we're going to start getting deeper into like whatever the deal is with, my. still my theory is that Crosshair's inhibitor chip, like the enhancement of his in- inhibitor chip was like a, like he still has his inhibitor chip. And I think that it's it's likely that they basically like, overrode it or like overrided it to make them just like purely like 
following either Rampart or uh, the Empire like a hundred percent. And I think that's I think that's what we're going to start finding out is that there's more clones that Rampart did this to. I just um, had a fear that they also installed a suicide shocker in Crosshair, like to bite down on it. I thought that was like just like part of his uh, his like outfit, the the assassin's outfit. Maybe I don't know. It's it was it's, weird because there it just, is like, a literal device called a suicide shocker, and we actually see it in the Mandalorian. Uh, Bo Katan is inter- is um, interrogating one of the Imperial Remnant uh, soldiers, and he she's interrogating him, and before he can say anything, he does the same thing. Oh. So it's like it's a real suicide like that's, capsule device. That's what I'm saying is like I didn't know if it was part of like the helmet thing that oh, the guy had yeah. on or if it was like something else. But yeah. Anyway, no. Th- this these episodes, I think, especially this one, was like very intense mm-hmm. um, and. Full of like that p- political intrigue was also just like there's still it adds to the questions like we don't get all the answers. My mind started to go into this terrifying place where cl- clearly I guess this can't happen right because we know that the clone DNA is like degenerating like they can't really make any more clones isn't that part of the issue too like yeah um but I was also afraid that like this was a new sect of like cult kind of clones that like were born or were like you said it makes more sense now to me reprogrammed to have no identity whatsoever not even an identifying number nothing they mm-hmm. are just there to serve the empire and they believe in the empire which is absolutely terrifying yeah i don't know we're gonna have to find out more i think because all the clones still look the same and so how do you know which ones are the bad guys you know what i mean like yeah. they could be hiding in plain sight so the next episode or did you want to say anything else? No, that was it. Okay. All right. So episode eight is Truth and Consequences, like I said. And kind of backtracking to the last episode before this, we open up with Omega meditating, which is really sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, and you and I both were like, that kid's got to be a Jedi. Like, <laughs> yeah. But then we remembered, oh, yeah, she's meditating with Gunji. But like, I feel like there's a reason we see it again. Not just to like connect back to that episode, but maybe like. I don't know. She's making friends that are her age. It's kind of cool. She has like a cool little group of badass friends. Like she has Hera and Gunji and like, I don't know. I want to see more of like the kid, the kid posse go at something. You know what I mean? Like that would be interesting if they had just an episode with like the three of them. Yeah. And baby Leia. No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we reunite with the Bad Batch, and this is where Rex briefs them about what's going on. Again, they need to get onto the Venator-class starship, get that data so that they can give it to Chuchi. The very next day is when she's having that Bill meeting again. And so they're like, we've got to get this because no one's going to believe her. Um, this is where we go back to Trace Martez's shop, and we both noted it was... They have this clone in a body bag, and Omega's just... <laughs> looking over she's a child she's like on her tiptoes like oh what's in this oh a dead clone okay i mean at this point she's seen like enough dead bodies that it's like probably whatever but it's true but it's just it was just kind of weird like mm-hmm. um so they're talking they t- kind of tell her they tell the whole bad batch kind of what they saw and what happened and very you said this was interesting too the uh, bad batch are like okay we're gonna split up and figure out where we all need to go and Chuchi's like i'm going to the senate and omega says i'll go with her and without hesitation, they're like, okay. Um, and I I think the reason they did that was just to kind of emphasize, like, they're, Omega at this point, we've had some developmental episodes, especially in the first 
I don't know, the what was it, the second and third episode where they're on um, Dooku's old planet, where she sh- is telling them how much she wants to be a part of them and like yeah. how much she doesn't want to be a burden. And so I think now she really is like there. She's kind of yeah, she's a kid, but like she's really one of them. There's also a really important moment early on that I wanted to touch on that where um, like where she's meditating and Echo like comes up and is like he says something to her um like basically having starting a conversation with her and uh she, you know she starts talking about like meditating or something and she's like it's not as easy for me as it is for Gunji which like I wonder if they're trying to intimate that like maybe she's not a Jedi um or doesn't have like Jedi DNA or something but then um she talk she like has this conversation with Echo and is like he's like yeah I'm not much for meditating either like I had an I had too much uh, like alone time or whatever on Skako Minor. Mm. And he talks about how it, if it wasn't for this group, like he would still be stuck there, <sighs> which like, obviously like you this called is, it. <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, he's either going to die. Like something is going to happen with echo. Um, and then when he is, so he's very much like, we see this early on too of him, like wanting to help out other clones. Mm-hmm. And then when they're in this, the shop, when they're in Rafa's shop and, um, or maybe it's actually when they start going onto the ship, Rex talks about like helping other clones out. And he talk, he says that to Echo. And there is just kind of this moment where Echo kind of pauses. Um, and it's like a little bit of foreshadowing we find out mm-hmm. um, later on in the end of the episode. But there's some cool moments, I think, here where we have like Omega. And we've had a lot of this in the early season where like Omega and Echo have had like more of a connection. Yeah. Um, and it makes sense now why they did that, like from a storytelling perspective. They, they needed to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it is nice because it's sad. It's bittersweet. But like <sighs> Echo's been through so fucking much. Mm-hmm. Like we've talked about we had a pe- we talked about that episode, right? <laughs> Yes, that, did yeah, I make did, that up? Again? No, we did the, the Bad Batch. Kind of oh, yep. God. It was just so... The torture, the literal torture that this poor man has been through. Like, Yeah, it's God. a um, So, but at this point, Omega does go with Choo Choo to the Senate. And I just want to point out her cute little fit. She has this cute little purple poncho. <laughs> she actually looks like Bail Organa's kid. Like, she has, like, the same pattern as, as Bail Senator robes. Yeah. Um, And I just, I don't know. I just thought that was really cute. I wonder if that's, like, a Senator, like fit yeah. not like fit but like that's if you have a kid kind of like, put that on yeah that's kind of like their outfit kind of thing um also too we didn't mention this but rex has the poncho oh, rex is so hot star wars characters with ponchos man they loving them ponchos always it's very always spaghetti western um i thought this was funny and also i almost shit a brick when they're walking through the senate hallway and ramparts there and he's like hey well you know he just kind of like talks really quickly to choochie and uh, he does not notice Omega's there at all, which Tommy pointed out. I don't think Rampart has seen Omega. I thought he had. Maybe he has. I don't quite remember, but I was like... Because didn't... They trapped her. They... Remember? They trapped all the Bad Batch, and then they were trying to find her, and then she went through the pipes when they were in the jail. I think he knows who she is, so it was just really weird. I Maybe guess he, he was did. kind of on a mission, and he so he didn't very, even look at her. He was very... Dis- like, they made it a point to, like, make him very distracted. I think that's why. Masameda shows up, and he's, like, immediately, like, oh, I gotta... Like, he does, like, that kind of, like, I'm not looking... Yes. ...kind of thing, and, like, just kind of, like, walks away, but... Yeah. There just wasn't any recognition on Omega's part that she needed to do anything, which I just... I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. I she definitely know. recognized Rampart and was, like... She was, like, very... She had this, like, annoyed... <laughs> she should have just, like, thrown the poncho over yeah. her face and just, like hidden hid like hid into the curtain like <laughs> anyway um <laughs> that's dumb 
I really like this really sweet moment, and and you made fun of me because I said a dumb thing, but they go into the Senate chambers, and Omega runs in and is like, wow, the Senate, and Chuchi's like, this is where we do political stuff, and she like talks about the Senate, and I was like, oh, I know what's going to happen. Omega's going to become the senator representative for the clones, and then you're like, except the Senate doesn't exist anymore, and I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> That's even better. That's a better thing. <laughs> but I was just like, that would have been really sweet. Anyway, what ends up happening is Chuchi and Omega meet up with Bale. And Bale also explains that, like, uh, you need to speak to, uh, while the Bad Batch are doing their thing, you should speak to Hal Bertoni because she was kicked off the Senate. And she knows about, obviously, she was like the representative for Camino, And she knows about the defense money and what was done with the clones mm-hmm. and stuff so they have this little conversation and the big nugget here is that uh the one thing that hal can kind of like point to or the one thing that um chuchi can point to is that all of the funds have been being diverted from the clone army for like the last year and a half yeah and so clearly like it was known beforehand that they were going to be taken out and we know um, that this has been going like something's been going we on. know that yeah yeah and in fact it's kind of interesting that like they even need this legislation pushed through because it seemed like that was kind of like already they were already phasing out the clones but Mm -hmm. i guess i guess that i think there's more to the we're gonna find out there's more to this act like than it's just like the the defense act because it's talking about like we find out it's like introducing like the stormtroopers and i'm betting that the stormtroopers like our only have to answer to the emperor exactly kind of thing yeah. so um but yeah it is interesting that we get more of these like little details um obviously like there's a really impassioned kind of uh moment where chuchi and omega are meeting with hallie hallie berry hallie bertoni hallie hallie berry tony uh hallie berry bertoni hallie berry tony and uh She's like, I don't care. Like, she's like, what, like, what, what am I supposed to do kind of thing? And it's really sad. She says something like, you know, I don't care about my people. Yeah. Like, and they Omega's don't exist like, anymore. <laughs> Omega like has this, like, she was like, I was there when it happened. Like that was my home kind of thing. Like I watched them as they destroyed it. And like, it was actually a really great moment for Omega. I thought, because it's rare that we get these like deep emotional, like she obviously usually connects with like other, the other Bad Batch characters, but this is like her kind of making an impassioned like mm-hmm. speech to someone about something that she's like very passionate about. And great voice acting. Like, oh, yeah, you can yeah. hear the emotion. Michelle Ang is phenomenal. <sighs> I love her so much. It was so wonderful. While this is happening, we have our like first big action sequence yeah. and all of the political stuff. The Bad Batch infiltrate the Star Destroyer. Um, they knock out all the clones on their way there. They, they, um, stun all of them and they get to the command bridge. And this is where tech starts working on pulling out the data that they need. And there's this moment where like, they're trying to get through the door and they have to like, you know, get it at the last second while they're doing this. This is when Chuchi's having her, um, big talk in the Senate to argue her point. And during this, she exposes Rampart and just basically says it and just says, you know, he staged this whole thing and everyone starts freaking out and she doesn't have the evidence yet. Yeah. And so it's this pivotal moment where it's like, you're about to get fucking kicked off your ass. Like, I just want to note too, there is like, while this is happening, there's like two senators who speak up and are like, I motion to censure her and like remove her from the chambers. And then someone else is like, I second that. Uh, or I move that we vote for this. And then someone seconds it, but then they don't actually vote on it. Yeah. So I was like, well, what's the point? Never do shit. Um, I just thought that was funny. That is funny. Like, you're breaking the rules of order. Like, what are you doing? Like, if you don't have the rules of order, what do you have? You just, like, kick people out as soon as they start talking. 
Uh, meanwhile, the Bad Batch, the way they escape is the way that they always escape that I've found out is that they... They start up the ship. They and- start up the ship and blow a whole bunch of, like, blow a hole in it or break it. And then they cu- get out of an escape pod and Tech somehow commands the flying escape pod somewhere. <laughs> they Which always happens. They land back, like right they so they get out of this escape pod rex is like you know these aren't operational right and uh tech is like i just need them to like blast off and i didn't i didn't realize in the moment what was actually happening so the ship is like on essentially like when you put like a car up on like risers like at the shop it's basically on that like it's stuck it's not going anywhere they turn the ship on and it kind of like moves and i was like oh they're just gonna steal the ship like of course but then they don't because it just kind of moves forward and kind of like arcs to the side a little bit and then that's when it occurred to me, oh, or actually just now that it's occurring to me, Tech never intended for them to like take off in the ship and he never intended to steer the uh, escape pods. He was maneuvering the ship based on how it was like stationary and just like firing up the engines in such a way that he could maneuver where the escape pods were going to fire off so that he could get to where he wanted to go. And then when they land, he's like, <laughs> he's like, they're, he basically is like, um, so they were like you know, good shot or something like that. And he's like, well, I was off by six meters or something. Yes. Uh, and it, it literally just occurred to me like that. He was just like, he was crashing the ship in such a way that he could then fire off. the. He was like, falling with style. He was falling with style. I thought, I think that's so cool when they do stuff like that with him, where it's like, you're just like this super genius. He's like, so cool. Um, and it also kind of harkens back to his like speeder chase thing. He's like, I'm commanding yeah. this like dangerous vehicle. Um, so they end up getting the data. They give it to Omega, who gives it, who passes the baton off to Bale, who runs in and grabs it and sends it to Chuchi. And we see the hologram of the data playing out and the recording of them destroying Camino. And everyone is like, oh my God. And then, of course, this beautiful moment where, like, we finally get to expose the evils. Senator Palpatine comes back. Mm, just comes up through he an elevator. No more. Through, well, the Emperor comes Emperor up. Emperor yes, Comes up through the ground in his little porthole thing with Masameda, and the data gets kicked off, and he says, you know, I'm so glad that you found that. Um, obviously, turns right on Rampart and arrests him. This was his plan all along. It might not have been the exact way he wanted it to turn out, but he's already, again, five steps ahead. This is how we push the military plan to get the stormtroopers. And he says with the insert, like he says with the arrival of the stormtrooper, like it is such a dark, ominous moment. He's in his robes looking freaky as fuck. Like he always does. Um, amazing. Getting freaky. In his he's robe. getting freaky in his robes. <laughs> what? No, sorry. Uh, no, I wanted to. I wanted to, to really quickly. Palpatine is freaky. <laughs> what a freak! Uh, <laughs> freak in the sheets. Palpatine freak in, the, in the robes. Palpatine in the streets. Freaking. What are we doing? Um, anyway, what were you saying? No. So a couple of things, a couple of thoughts that I had about this moment, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts too. One, obviously, like Ian McDermott, like Ugh. fucking. Kill- he has yeah. like so scary all of like a minute line, but like the whole time I was just having chills. I was just like, Jesus Christ! Like, yeah, he sounds amazing. You like fucking sit up straight when he talks as like Emperor Palpatine, man. Like it mm-hmm. is chilling it is chilling and um the thing i wanted to say so hearkening back to i think it was in the first episode we talked about where someone mentions how palpatine has been like absent right Mm -hmm. from the proceedings Mm -hmm. a lot and that 
is so important and mm-hmm. intentional, right? Because as of this moment, the Senate is there's a Senate in an empire, right? Like how much are they actually doing? Yeah. There's an emperor still. Right. And it's like, and so the fact, so basically what that says to me is like, he is watching all of these proceedings. And we know this because at the end of this. That's what he does. He creepily watches in the background everywhere. When he (laughs) sees that it's not going his way, that's when he steps in. But up till this point, what? (laughs) Why are you laughing? Just imagine him hiding, crouching down like in there the whole time for like the last three days. Masameda just keeps feeding him shit. (laughs) He's like, man, my back hurts. When are we going to get to this? And then he finally comes out. (laughs) Sorry, I'm so dumb. My, so my, what that says to me is like, he's ready to like, intercede if he needs to but he hasn't needed to up to this point so like the senate has been doing exactly what he has wanted up till this point like the entire time he hasn't had to step in the senate has had it's this kind of like this uh uh what's the illusion of free will like there's the illusion of democracy is still a thing and it's not that's what he's created this entire decade that they're doing (laughs) things but the whole time it's just kind of acting under his his interest but then the one time when it's like it seems like his will isn't going to be imposed he's able to come in he turns the situation on its head he's like he's like this obviously is this these were tragic events rampart acted on his own but the most concerning thing is that the clone troopers didn't resist and just went along with their orders which has been what he designed like the whole he literally made them do that it's so fascinating to me how yeah. they were able to take and this this is one of the moments that like really stands out to me in the show as like it this show is less about the bad batch even though it is it is about the bad batch right but it's more about the clones it is a continuation of the clone wars in that it becomes more about the clones personality and the yes. aftermath of the clones which is as, the best part of the clone yeah. wars and so it this just really just kind of like goes to show like everything they're still pawns in mm-hmm. all of this like they don't have everyone a, is. every everyone is a pawn at this point like even the senate the you raise a really good point about him obviously like it's it's obvious but it's great when you illuminate it like that that it, that he literally has had he's the puppeteer um he probably knew too that rampart wouldn't would lie and say that he didn't know anything and cover everything up. Um, he also has Tarkin in play, like who ends up being politically very close to Vader. Like mm-hmm. he's got strings and in, in everything. And he doesn't need Rampart. He doesn't need. He doesn't need anyone. Anyone. Well, he needs Darth Vader, I think, yeah. <laughs> to some extent. Um, but even so. He has manipulated everyone. He's manipulated the Jedi. He's manipulated the Senate. He's manipulated his own army. Like, and the fact that this this person is making clones of himself is all the more terrifying. Yeah, we're gonna find out more about that. I think, but also like, it's gotta. I I just feel like at this point, it's because Palpatine is still the central villain. I knew Rampart wasn't gonna be the main bad guy like i just knew like they he played a great role but he's kind of like a malfoy to me like he's very like um vain yeah I wonder he's very gonna... self-assured in a human way that 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 a clone or a jedi or a sith isn't um and has very human um faults that clearly 
Palpatine has tried, has learned to overcome in some ways through being just a fucking hollow degenerate of evil. And I still think that there is some type of strand cast connection that we're going to find out or the fact that he's being cloned because that literally ties right into the latest, the last Star Wars movie we got, right? Yeah. And it's about clones. I still, I still wonder if there isn't a, if Omega isn't a Palpatine clone. I'm telling you, that's the only thing that's still, there's something there. Like, if they were manipulating the um, Bad Batch's DNA, right? They were play testing with their DNA. It wasn't that they were defu- defunct. They always say that they were messed up. Like they were the bad batch, the wrong batch. Mm-hmm. They're not. They're enhanced. Yeah. And they could, and they, and Tech has already eliminated the fact that Omega's DNA is different from theirs. I'm not making that up, right? That's real. Yeah, he said something about her DNA. It's but different know. in some yeah. way. And it was played off as like, it's the most purest form. Like, that's why they need her to make more clones, remember? Because that's why Lama Su and all of them wanted to take her. Mm-hmm. But I think it's also because there's something else mixed in that pool, gene pool. Yeah. There's something. And um, it's not something stupid. Like, there's not a high enough midichlorian count, which is why she can't meditate and which is why she hasn't shown. <laughs> She's a very special child. And she has very special abilities. Yeah. Um. Not to discredit her, not be, it's not because she's a Jedi, but we've seen very special children who end up being Jedi who did not show that aptitude that early on. So yeah. who knows? Who knows? But I think there's something to that. I think they were trying to make a super clone and the Bad Batch didn't work the way they wanted them to and Omega was part of that somehow. The fact that she's female in some ways I think is kind of cool. Because all the clones up to this point have all been male. Like, why didn't they? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's, isn't that interesting? Like, it's also interesting. I don't too, know. Because it's like, that's never really addressed. Like, if you're, if it's, yeah. that's a, di- like, a, that's a distinct difference, right? Like, of, I like don't genetic, know. Genetic, genetic, genetically. Yeah. Like, it, genetically, it's just like a thing to just think about in terms of like, why are we seeing a female clone? Is it because she has a connection to, another person that she might resemble like that kind of thing you know what i mean whereas all we know about um what i'm trying to get at is all we know about the clones is that they're clones of Django. yeah and we there wasn't a um i guess his mom i don't remember what happened to the mom boba fett he didn't have a mom oh that's right because yeah, he, he, was he wasn't a, yeah he's just a direct clone a direct clone so like I don't know. It's just interesting that there's a. I'm. I mean, I'm so glad. I'm. I'm glad that Omega. They decided to like have a really another really powerful female character. Yeah. Um. But it's. But it's just interesting. I guess gene wise. I don't know where I'm going with this, but <laughs> I feel like there's an implication there of something. There's something more going on. I don't. I, we're gonna get something. I think as like this I think season. physiologically, she was supposed to look different from the Bad Batch. Not only to like reveal the fact that she's a clone, but also because she might have other DNA in her. That is different from just Django Fett. Yeah, we're going to get something later on. Um, she's blonde, too. <laughs> Unless she bleached her hair like Rex did. But I, but Palpatine has blonde hair, so... Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't know yet. I The other thing, obviously, we haven't... like The episode hasn't fully closed out at this point. The Basically... As the episode closes, so Palpatine gets his way, we kind of cut back to the Bad Batch and we find out that the order has passed or the uh, the the law 
has passed the Senate based on Palpatine's kind of wishes. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have this moment where Omega's like, but we told the truth, like, you know, and it was kind of one of those things where it was like, yeah, and that was playing right into... She's getting a real sense of regality here. <laughs> yeah, playing right into the hand of Palpatine. And then we have a moment where as the Bad Batch are like preparing to leave... They're like, okay, well, don't do anything I wouldn't do, Echo. And Yeah, they haven't said anything to Omega. Yeah, and then Tech is like says something to him and he's like, Be safe out there. They and, get into the fucking thing and not and Omega's like, say what? anything. Omega's like, wait, what? What's happening? Um, and then we find out that Echo's leaving. And I cried. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> he, I love Echo. Like he's like He hugs her. Yeah. She hugs him, and I thought she was gonna say I love you when she got on the Yeah. It's so sad. Like he I think he be- like quick like slowly became he was always one of my favorites, like, but I think especially this season, like they really played him up. Uh, the only thing I wish is that he had gotten more of an echo centric episode where he got to really like I don't think he's gone from the show. I think he's no, gonna come back. But I mean in terms of like tech got his episode, Hunter has had his episodes. Obviously we've seen Crosshair. Again, Wrecker doesn't have an episode, but he is a very distinct character with his quirks. Like it's not that Echo isn't distinct. He's actually very, very unique. I think I think with Echo, I think he my guess, because we have and like the last episode of the season is titled like Clone order nine clone something 99 or something 99 plan 99 or something and i don't know i have a feeling he's gonna probably die in defense of like saving more of the clones also i did want to talk about really quickly we didn't mention like what we did kind of mention what rex is doing and that he's like saving clones and stuff like that which is why i think echo wants to go with him to like clones that just don't want to be a part of it anymore they're helping extract and we saw that with um the clone who's murdered in the first episode Mm -hmm. uh but I think that, like, it's really interesting that we have, on the one hand, Rex kind of doing that. And then we also have, um, you know, Bail Organa, who's doing that with, um, at this point, he's doing that with, um, you know, people who want to escape. But Mm -hmm. also, I think, eventually, like, like Jedi Youngling and stuff like that. So there's kind of, like, this trifold kind of effect that's happening. Yeah, there's, like, different extraction leaders, right? Yeah. Like, like Ahsoka's, like, the Jedi extraction team, and Bail's, like, the just the people extraction team like the citizens and then rex is the clone extraction team which is really cool i love the three of them they're a very cool group it's just really yeah it's just really interesting and i like i like that for rex it does raise a lot of questions because where we find him in and i think we're gonna get some tragic moments because where we find him in rebels in the future is that he's just kind of like Hanging out with just like three other clones, he's like a big on a barge. tubby boy, but, but like, he's so cute. That, that lets that leads me lets me wonder like what actually happens to yeah. the clones. Like something I think really we're getting up. something bad is going to happen. Well, we've also seen a Mandalorian again. That one clone like, that was in uh, Obi Wan. Oh, sorry, I always do that. Um, the clone begging, begging for money. Yeah, yeah. like the, obviously it doesn't work out and it yeah. sucks. <sighs> okay, well. That was a lot. Yeah. It was very intense. Three episodes, two yes. that were finally people are going to hopefully show up about not getting plot-centered yeah. episodes. Um, but they were good. I really did like those episodes. And I think these two probably are... We always say this when we get, like, the really good episodes. But, like, these are, like, pinnacle of, like, the good Bad Batch moments. Mm-hmm. Um, this one and then that Crosshair-centric one. The other the other question I, I just wonder is, like, are they going to actually replace echo with someone are they going to try to get crosshair back crosshair's going to come back i think yeah. crosshair's going to come back i think that's the reason echo left is that it was going to end up being we've got so again. little of crosshair and now that rampart's gone it's like what 
purpose does Crosshair serve? Because he was kind of like his personal tool up to a point, mm-hmm. you know. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm I'm curious what is what's going to happen next. I actually want to look up the episode titles for the yeah. next couple episodes. Um, yeah, we should do that at the end of each one just to kind of like surmise. What are you talking about? We always talk about what we're going to talk about next at the end of an episode. The next episode is titled The Crossing. Mm. Um, Crossing? Crosshair? (laughs) I don't know. Maybe. It could be. So we have The Crossing and then Retrieval. So I Mm. do... So here's kind of the the lay of the land. So we're about... We're halfway through at this point, right? Because there's 16 episodes. We're on episode 8. So we're halfway through the season. The next episodes are The Crossing, Retrieval, Metamorphosis, The Outpost, Pabu, Tipping Point, The Summit, and Plan 99. And I did want to call out that The Summit and Plan 99 will both premiere on the same day on March 29th. Mm-hmm. So I think, I don't actually think you're wrong. I think we could be getting The Crossing as a Crosshair episode and then Retrieval as a Crosshair episode too. This could be too obvious, but I'm thinking Retrieval is like they actually have to like retrieve Crosshair from being eliminated or being taken somewhere. Mm-hmm. And then metamorphosis might be his metamorphosis. Yeah. Um, but it's, I don't know. I don't know. I also, it's also interesting to me to, um, I, we, we don't have any other two-parters up until the final episodes on, again, on March 29th. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that if I remember correctly, Mandalorian season three, or is it four? The next season of Mandalorian premieres kind of like it's three, I think middle of March. Um, so we're going to have kind of some, you know, Plenty lots to of do. stuff happening at that point. Um, My birthday, too. Oh, yeah. And it's going to be your birthday soon. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, anyway, so there's a lot to come. Um, I also, th- that, that was, sorry, I was trying to get to the strand of uh, thought that I had that I mm-hmm. kind of just lost. But I want to say, and I need to go back and rewatch the trailer, but I feel like we've seen a lot of what happened in the trailer. Mm-hmm already i agree so like i don't really know what's gonna happen after this Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. it's gonna be really interesting obviously we're gonna probably get some uh betrayal from Mm -hmm. they they've they've dangled a lot of strings out from us betrayal yeah so it's gonna be interesting to see how they kind of tie everything up Mm -hmm. well that is it for today's episode we are at distant echoes sw on twitter and instagram and you can find us each individually tommy where are you located in this galaxy i am at awkward comma on twitter and i am at cassie thulu primarily on instagram but also on twitter sometimes nice um be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast and please if you like what we're doing go rate and review us on apple podcast they really help us out and we love it if you drive to, if you drive Drive us a five-star review. Drive us a five-star review, please. Uh, tune in next time when we actually um, look into Bad Batch's replacement tryouts for Echo. It seems like they're going to be interviewing some guys named Reverb, Repeat, and Sound Off. Mm. I don't know. It seems like it's kind of played out. Some competition. We've already, already kind of heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bye. Okay, bye. Bye.